Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissonance on the panel this week. He is a comedian, a lover of guinea pigs, and an intermittent dog walker and child care provider. Ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure to introduce David Rosie Rosenberg. Welcome, Rosie. I only do the child care at this point. <laughs> I don't have any guinea pigs, and our dog just goes out in the backyard and poops and then yells at squirrels. He actually yells at squirrels, and then he poops. <laughs> well, you, you know why he does that? Because he, he doesn't have a cell phone to read. If he could tweet, he wouldn't have to yell at the squirrels in, in person. It would be so great if we got him a cell phone. You look stupid. Um, <laughs> I think we might be onto something. Cell phones for dogs. It would be so, such a relief. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's fine. He's fine. He's Lee's dog. I mean, he's our dog, but he mostly loves Lee. That's that's how dogs roll. He, you know, when he goes outside and I call him to come back inside, he just squints at me like a teenager, and then just keeps just doing whatever he's. He just goes. And then he just goes back to <laughs> whatever it, he's doing. Oh, it's him. Uh, you try it with snacks, like a couple times, and then the dog will... No, 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 no. You just do it a few times, you get him hooked, and then he'll start coming in, like, waiting for the snack, and then he'll forget why he's coming in. Yeah, but then I'm afraid that if I don't give him a snack, he'll hate me more than he does. Not that he hates me. He only really likes me when I'm lying down. <laughs> whoever's it, whoever's not not touching down, that. <laughs> No, he's, dogs are lazy. So whoever is lying down is their favorite person at the moment. Oh, that makes sense. Well, thank you for being here. We will be talking more about canine oddities later on if we have the time. But we move from dogs to the comedian, world traveler, economist, and host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, who we know around these parts as Cat Alvarado. Welcome, Cat. Good to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to be here and to potentially get canceled when I share my views about GameStop. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we will be talking about GameStop and cancel culture as as part of the whole gestalt, if you will. Because I it's an interesting week, first of all, and second of all, I I am I mean, I'm always glad to have you guys on the show, but Kat, you being an economist, Rosie, you spending inordinate amounts of time trolling QAnon people on, on the interwebs. This is a week where we actually have the experts in their fields that we've been looking for. <laughs> so thank you guys both for being here. As always, we are also joined by comedian, scholar, current covid sufferer and always the black voice of reason and always a pleasure to introduce mr time and ship welcome sir how you feeling buddy i'm feeling pretty good power to the people dave you know hey black man you know gets covid you know it's just one of those things <laughs> Could yeah. COVID? yeah bro you're actually talking to a covid person right now yeah that's dangerous where did you where'd you get that covid I don't know. You know, I'm pretty isolated from everyone, you know, not dating anybody. Got rid of all the crazy. So, hey. <laughs> Did you go to the store? Did you get to the store? It could have gotten to that store, uh, but I thought everything was fine. I mean, I feel great. I was going to work out today as soon as I get off of this thing. Yeah. Well, so, I'm, but I'm keeping my eye open, I, you know, and uh, I've 
called everyone, checked in with everyone, doctors, everybody. They just told me quarantine for 10 days and let's see what happens. Where do you live? I'm in the Valley, Van Nuys. Well, that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in the Valley. It's not that bad. I mean, technically, I guess I live in the Valley, though I never know what Highland Park counts as. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't count it is valley but i suppose it's not really yeah. valley but like it's on the 134 so it feels like the valley mm. i think well, it's like a different valley valley adjacent maybe yeah you're near glendale right yeah i'm near glendale yeah yeah i'm also near south pass I'm near south pass <laughs> oh yeah oh that's real i i am yeah well embrace the south pass part more so oh man it's my dream. This is uh, real inside baseball kind of stuff for the folks who who know oh, nothing sorry. about LA real estate or or uh, neighborhoods. But it's this this is this is how we enlighten others. We open up a whole new world to them. The Valley is where Hollywood dreams go to die, and South Pass is where old money go to stay aloof from everyone else. I, you know, I would disagree. The Valley isn't where, where Hollywood dreams go to die. It's just where they get converted into porn. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, know. it's a fine line. But The only porn star I know, she does her videos from her, uh, her, her apartment in Hollywood. Well, you know, it's uh, some folks can, uh, can actually afford to live on this side of the yeah, hill when they're doing you porn. You only fans girl, Dave. You think so? Yeah. Think I got what it takes? There might be a market. Uh, well, we'll we'll take a look at the possibilities, as my esteemed colleague just said. Not not the part about being becoming a cam girl, but uh, by stating my name, it is true. I am Doctor David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, and as already witnessed, we do have plenty to talk about. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. The Great Britain variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California variant, made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian variant that goes down so smooth, it's like there's nothing there. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. 
<laughs> Funny. <laughs> also, I, I never noticed before, but the line, if you experience new confusion. Yeah. It's a nice touch. <laughs> well, I, that actually came from the uh, from the CDC list of of symptoms when when I was writing the ad. And I, I really enjoyed that. It's like, wow, yeah, new confusion because so many of us, and especially when we were in the throes of the Trump administration, there was plenty of old confusion going around. I'm imagining somebody who's like gender confused and figuring themselves out. And I'm like, wait, have I had COVID this whole time? <laughs> Uh, since, since timing isn't saying it, I will just steal his line real quick and cat, you're going to get in trouble. You're gonna get in trouble. (laughs) With all respect, I just thought it was a silly idea. No, I, I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I, I also think it is the fifth Saturday of the new year and being the 30th of January, that also means it's National Croissant Day and National Seed Swap Day. So if you normally order the sesame seed croissant, today's a great day to swap it out for the poppy seed croissant. There's no such thing as a sesame seed croissant. You're gross. Not yet. <laughs> this is this is how rumors and pastries get started. You you just throw the idea out there. You and... hear good bagels now, Dave. Really? Where? Oh no, sorry. This is more of LA talk. But no, no, no. Uh, uh, you can uh, cut it later. <laughs> Courage Bagel is on Virgil, and it's really good. They're mis- Montreal style bagels, and Murray's, which I don't think is as good, but they're on like they're a little f- couple blocks further east into Westlake. Huh? Where uh, Virgil and what? Uh, not it's like-, like across the street from Skrull. Oh, okay. Uh, it is. It is in the hood. I will have to. I will have to venture down. What? What yeah, makes a? Like- what makes what? a Montreal style bagel? Montreal style bagels are lighter and should be made with honey. They're a little, I don't know. You'll see when you get them. Because I don't think they make theirs with honey. But Montreal bagels are the most delicious bagels in the world. And Courage's are pretty good. They're really good. Right on. Well, we will we will have to trade notes. There is more juice stuff I want to talk about because I still haven't gotten my secret space laser. Fuck. I'm still waiting <laughs> on my jetpack. Wait, seriously? I what is the point of being your friend? I know. I know. It's, well, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lead anyone on, you know, and gets to that point in the relationship where it's like, so, uh, what okay, do you do you with your secret out. space laser tonight? And, and then, you know, you're caught, you don't have a secret space laser and, uh, and things just get awkward. But today we are 10 days into our new government. And as of today, we've got Timberney. 436,780 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 25,971,200 confirmed cases right here at home with more than 100 million cases worldwide. And I'm not vaccinated. Yeah, I, well, we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, we, we also still have 628 immigrant children who finally stand a chance of being reunited with their parents because it is no longer Donald Trump's America. So there is that. Yeah, it is, you know, I, I, I don't want to make today's episode all L.A. centric, but we've, we've been talking about uh, real estate and bagel shops and 
LA, well, I guess all of California just kind of reopened from our most recent shutdowns, but cases are surging. Uh, so I'm, I'm expecting we're, we're just kind of, we've, we've gotten back in the line for the roller coaster, <laughs> but, uh, they're, they're changing things up with who's getting vaccinated. Now it's less career oriented and more age oriented. Rosie, you got yours and we had, we had actually talked about this. Uh, you were supposed to be on the show. Was it last week? Two weeks, got, ago. two weeks ago, uh, you got vaccinated and I, I saw that you posted something about it on Facebook. And when someone asked, how'd you get that? And you replied, I'm Batman, which I thought was, was a brilliant answer, but also it, it's like COVID vaccinations now give regular civilians the, the experience that previously had really wasn't exclusive to comedians, but the the who books that phenomena? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, um, I get it because I'm a doctor. I think <laughs> I'm going to take I issue mean, with that. <laughs> I'm a doctor of Play-Doh. I give out Play-Doh at the children's hospital, and uh, I didn't think that I was eligible because I haven't volunteered during COVID because I didn't want to get COVID. Though I'm, they had, you know, plenty of protocols, but and also they had less, just less opportunities to volunteer. But they opened it up. I, I don't know if it's a case of like one of those things where they have so many vaccines and they might as well just vaccinate everyone. So I uh, got a vaccine and I'll get my second one this coming Friday. Awesome! Nice, congratulations! And, and awesome. then I'm gonna lick everyone. <laughs> And I'm going to, I'm going to do all sorts of crimes and be like, I'm sorry, I'm vaccinated. I can do this. <laughs> well, uh, you, you have gotten the vaccine. Do, do you have a, a secret Jewish space laser? Yeah, but only my wife gets it now. So <laughs> yeah, Dave, you know, that, you know, you guys are setting, you know, starting fires up there with that laser. Yeah, these yeah, East Coast Jews. Honestly, I think if we did have secret space lasers, we would have much better things to do with them than than starting forest fires in Northern California. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess it's a recent thing. Like, if we had secret space lasers, we wouldn't have been decimated in the Holocaust. But, you know, we invented them after the Holocaust. So it was, it was to prevent any future Holocaust. Well, if, if that were the case, you know, it would be like, Fuck, fuck Northern California forests. Let's let's shoot Mar-a-Lago. Let's let's shoot the Proud Boys. <laughs> we want I remember to arguing with comics and other people online who were like, "It's not a it's not a racist organization." And then and then the Proud Boys were wearing shirts that said six, six million weren't enough" or six <laughs> MWE. Oh my gosh! Well, and from well, that's where they go. Oh well, Jew Jewish Jewish isn't a race. Yeah, <laughs> it's a religion. Yeah. So, well, yeah, the, so the whole Jews will not replace us chant uh, yeah. at at the Charlottesville pa, uh, parade of Nazis. That was kind of enough to tell me, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a racist organization. At, at the very least, anti-Semitic. I like that the guy who's not white, who's the leader of the Proud Boy, turns out to have been a government informant this whole time like he's like pulling a uh what's his name jack nicholson from the departed <laughs> right? well, like it, everyone's talking to the feds it, it, 
it, it makes you wonder if, you know, they're going to flip him to get info on the Proud Boys if they haven't already. And whether or not they have or will, I am sure knowing how organizations like this work with the level of, of paranoia and, and conspiracy, I'm, I'm guessing he is not going to be the leader of the Proud Boys for long. Because if he hasn't been narking on them to the feds, all all they need is is the belief that he might or that he already has. I mean, yeah, but if he's been narking on them with the feds and the feds haven't been doing a very good job of it, if they're still creating havoc all over the country. Although it's one of those like, well, maybe we don't know the stuff that they did stop. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of one of those things of the, you know, where the police say they can't do anything until an actual crime has been committed. Right. So, you know, as, as we're seeing with the, the number of arrests coming out of the siege on the Capitol on January 6th, feds are, uh, are doing a pretty good job of cleaning up. Like if, if it was a case of, we need for an actual crime to be committed before we can move crime was committed and boy, howdy, they're moving. Yeah. Some some folks, however, who are not moving on this would be the Senate Republicans. And I, I think Republicans at large, there, there are a few who are coming out in support of the Constitution and, you know, the, the American government, but a number of them aren't. And before we really delve into the, the Senate Republicans, I want, I want to talk about that special breed in the House because... Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has, uh, did did she create or just help spread the secret Jewish space lasers conspiracy? I think I she's spread it. No one yeah. ever knows who actually creates these things. Like, th- that's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, it it's seems like, like a lot of them. like improv where, like, everybody adds something. <laughs> like, I add fact, then you add a fact, then you add fact. Okay, so they're Jewish. That's the seed. That's the seed. All right. Yeah, and, and, and we're in space, right? Ooh, look, no gravity. I had a laser. Boom. There we go. Remade, groundling style. <laughs> I, I think blaming improv artists is a really safe way to go because that's something we can get everyone behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? They're just there's these like people from Arkansas and they're on YouTube and they stumble upon somebody's improv troupe scene and they think that they're actually watching Hillary Clinton eat someone's face. <laughs> <laughs> I I this is real. Firmly believe people. that. Crazy. I that that just rings so true. I, I'm not saying we're birthing conspiracy theories of our own here, but <laughs> that is more plausible than 90% of what I've heard coming out of the, the QAnon folks. And March 4th. What's that? March 4th. March oh, 4th. The original, the original inaugural date. That's, that's when uh, Trump is going to unveil himself as having been hiding out in the bunker. <laughs> with, with like 100,000 troops in yeah. this luxurious under the White House bunker. Yeah. May or maybe not. Uh, uh, <laughs> JFK Jr. This this is part of the problem is the there's the old sort of trope from so many bad movies and TV shows the it's so crazy it has to work that 
I think is at the core of a lot of these beliefs. We were we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I've been watching this Vice TV show on on QAnon, and one of the guys that they they talked to was saying he has like eighty percent reliable proof that JFK Jr. is still alive, <laughs> and you and know, the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that that makes me wonder with with the followers and the people that buy into this. Like what what is that line? What is what is the bridge too far and not just with QAnon, but with anything that would would stretch the limits of credibility. What what is the one thing that is going to make you go No. No, no that's that's just ridiculous. The idea that Biden would do anything good for them. <laughs> the idea that black people are allowed to vote. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, that one. There you go. The, the idea that Jews very well may replace them. <laughs> oh, there's so few of us. I don't see how it'll happen. Well, we're crafty. We we have ways of figuring things out, apparently. Well, I mean, though, you know, certain sections of our population do have 900 children per uh, tiny woman. True, but they're they're generally the ones that are more politically inclined to side with these idiots anyway. No, that's true. Which is which is somewhat odd. You know, I I we we talk a lot uh, on this show about things that we've learned from other people on the show and stuff, and I'm I'm still reeling. It was only I I think last month that I learned that the whole lizard people thing was based in anti-Semitism, which as as a, a proud Jew and also a fan of the uh, 1980s miniseries V uh, that ABC tried to bring back a few years ago. I I certainly never believed in the whole lizard people thing, but it truly was one of the most fun conspiracies to not not really get behind, but to root for. And then I find out, oh no, no, that's anti-Semitic. And it's like, well, fuck, that's that's no fair. There was a uh, that's a side story. Who said that? What I, I mean, I know that QAnon harkens to like the blood libel with the you know the ad- uh, adrenochrome. Adrenochrome, is, yeah. Adrenochrome is is the blood libel of the 19th century just an updated version and their vilification of Soros is just the same thing as the Rothschilds. Right. But, uh, I didn't hear about that. that oh yeah. Up. I've known about the lizard people being Jews, like for several years. I thought that was common <laughs> would, knowledge. You, you would think I would. I mean, know. the theory, the theory, I know you are not lizard people. <laughs> um, although yeah, it would explain Rosie's love of Guinea pigs. That's interesting. Well, I think Indeed. I know about it because I was like, I must have been reading an article about anti-Semitism that or like there's also for me, I think I just have the underlying assumption that any conspiracy theory links to Jews (laughs) (laughs) because they're made by white supremacists. Yeah, because they're no, no, no. It all it all basically (laughs) it comes down to Jews are bad is is the J.K. Rowling writing all of the different Harry Potter books like they're all Harry Potter. (laughs) So all of these conspiracy theories are just another edition of like Jews bad. Yeah. I can, I can sort of understand that. Well, you know, black people are pretty much used to what white folks, when they make up shit like that, you know, we've been dealing with that for years. So it's just like, you know, and they, they have always bought in and wanted to blame somebody for something, you know, they've all, I mean, 
they just do. Even when things are not, I mean, they keep saying, you know, things aren't going their way. We're fighting for freedom. Freedom? You've been free. <laughs> Where have you had anybody beating your ass? Anybody told you to drink out of another water fountain? You've been able to do whatever you want. What freedom do you need? You can go to any university. Now, if you weren't smart enough to take on some of the great things that were given out, that's on you. But they pretty much have had their way. But they're afraid of things. They, you know. Well, the thing I love, don't love, right, is that you know, the white people who are not successful decide to be to blame black people who are successful or people of color who are successful, and act like they're taking up their slots. But what about all the rest of the white people who are taking up success slots? Like assuming there is a fixed pot. Like there's so many more successful white like. It just speaks to the illogic of it all. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, Merlene from Pig's Knuckle, Tennessee, could have been singing This Land is Your Land at the inauguration, but but that J-Lo got the spot instead. (laughs) You know, know, Carol Anderson in her book called it White White Rage. She has a book out called White Rage. And any time that there's like, there's a huge thing on economic jealousy or the, you know, whenever they had the big black turnout for blacks voting. Well, they count that. White people count that as someone moving them out of their spot because they don't see it as, as America as everybody's or as a multicultural nation. They look at it as a white nation. They look at this as ours. Because yeah. you saw the majority of the people who went in because they felt like, you know, you know, when Trump told them, if you don't fight back, you're going to lose your country. You know, yeah. and they bought into it. And they always have. Back when Trumpism, when Trump, earlier in Trump, they were talking about how it, 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 it's like the last gasp of not white supremacy, but white domination, for lack of a better word that I can think of, right? That it's white people realizing that they're not going to have the majority anymore. But I don't think it's the last gasp. I think the last couple of years have showed us that we're just going to be dealing with this until and probably forevermore that that white people are going to be resentful of, of losing power. Well, yeah, look how long they've been, you know, fighting the, the results of the Civil War. Oh, my God. You know, we're, we're still dealing with that. Although the one thing I think is interesting with the the fallout from all the arrests from the siege on the Capitol and I, I realize we're going to have to wait and see what happens after March 4th because, you know, like uh, Rosie brought up earlier, that is that is their next time for the – that's uh, the next prediction of, of the storm uh, that's coming uh, is, is scheduled for March 4th. But we're already seeing people who were busted turning maybe not necessarily on – the whole QAnon culture, but uh, the the so called QAnon shaman, the the guy with the face paint and the Jamiroquai yeah. hat, he he of the organic food diet, uh, which apparently not available in jail, he has offered to testify against Trump because I, I he's upset that, that he didn't a, get a pardon. I feel like that's just a case of a pretty white boy realizing that he's not equipped to go to jail. <laughs> Yeah, but I think we're going to see more of that. That I don't know. I don't like that. I feel like that's kind of, um, it's almost extortion because they're like, oh, you're going to get 28 years in prison. 
And so, of course, he's going to do anything he can well, to well, not get 28 years in prison. Yeah. See, but that's the, the the difference, though, is that th- that would make more sense to me if they were offering him a deal if he were to testify. But he's just coming out and saying, I'm going to testify against him. You yeah, know, and I, I there, yeah, there, there is sort of a, a realization of consequences in there. But because it's not conditional and it's coming from him instead of him being so it, pushed into it. So it is coming from him. Yeah. Well, well, hey, hey, Dave, let me ask you a question. I think you uh, right. Uh, what, what were they, you know, they, they seized on the Capitol and they were going to take the vote. So what did they expect the rest of us to do while they did this? They would, they're just going to take it and we're just going to sit back and. I, put I, Trump back in. I mean, what, what do we? What did I expect? Like the heir of our ways. Yeah, are, are we? Is, were, were the rest of us supposed to just sit back and watch and just give everything back over to you? Well, I believe as as so? as, well, they, they as libtards and sheeple that we would have no choice but to right. lay down and give give everything to them. Well, there's that. They also don't think that that we are actually real. They think all our votes are fake and that liberals, like there's some liberals in the cities, but I don't think they quite understand how many of us there are because they're they've been told that all those votes from liberals and the liberal population is just a bunch of illegals that are being counted. Well, but those votes were black votes. Those blo- <laughs> those votes in Wisconsin were black votes. Those votes in Philadelphia. Those votes in Georgia. Those so, votes, and they. Those so you're the saying they exist, they but they're illegitimate. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so, and that's why they were, you know, this whole battle. So they were like, so you're just going to take black folks' votes because that's where he lost that. Majority of those areas were predominantly black neighborhoods that where they voted at as well. That's why. Uh, who was it? Was it Kemp or was it um, in was in the Georgia? Texas yeah, or the governor of uh, Atlanta put a single box per capita. Oh, no, no, no. That was, that was Texas when they, when they put a single drop off box in each County camp. I think it was just your, your basic, you know, gerrymandering and subsequent uh, attempting to throw out legitimate votes, which is, and that's why, and that's where, that's why Stacey Abrams and those guys did what they did. They said you had to go city by city county back and, and watch how they would just literally throw people's, votes out just they would take them off the, the voters roll they would just take them out so voter suppression is the next big battle that's going to because they know that when it comes down that's how they're they know they will lose trump even sell, told them you know if they do this ballot thing again you know republicans will never win especially when those people out there who finally start voting vote well, they, you know, they're they're definitely trying to to use, you know, extra legal means and even legal means, although you know, questionable. There is a one of the one of the state Congress people in Arizona is is trying to get a bill passed that would allow the state legislature to override the vote count of the the citizens of Arizona, which. Yeah, that just doesn't sound constitutional to me at, at at all. But one of the things that I I started talking about earlier and kind of going back to Cat what you were saying in the questions, I I think 
there, there is a certain divorce from the concept of logic when it comes to a lot of their thinking that, you know, you're asking, well, what was their end game? What did they think was going to happen? That really doesn't matter. And if you look at a lot of the beliefs of QAnon and the, the things that are posted online, it's, it's a lot of, there, there are amazing things happen, but I can't tell you what they are, but it'll blow your mind when you find out, but I can't tell you when you're going to find out. And there's no saying when we'll be able to tell you, but trust me, they are amazing. It's, and it's, it reminded me a lot of, of Scientology where it's the whole idea of these, these great secrets that you, you are not enlightened enough to handle, but you, you just got to trust me on this. Right. Pretty much. I mean, it's just like, it's like church. Yeah. We talked about, I don't know, if, Kat, if you were on the episode a, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the whole idea of faith and not necessarily in the religious sense, although in America that tends to be where it's exhibited the most, but the whole idea of faith versus proof and why evangelicals were so quick to get on board with Trump and why you see a lot of folks in religious communities. And I mean, even going to the, the ultra Orthodox that you were mentioning Rosie earlier, there's a, a mindset that these people are already primed to lean on faith. Like I don't, I don't need answers. I just have to believe well, they've been gaslit. That they've been gaslit for a very long time by their pastors, by their priests, and this is coming. I, I actually am a person of faith. I do believe in God and have been to church a couple times, um, a lot more yeah, than that. No, it's. I mean, <laughs> but it's like, they, they've been gaslit because they keep the when they're young and they are questioning things, they keep getting told over and over by religious authorities. You know, well, God is a mysterious God, and sometimes He doesn't make sense. You just have to trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. And it's basically like you know, a, a woman in a, a bad relationship and an abusive relationship where they just stop trusting their own gut and their own instinct and logic because they're like, oh, well, logic, that's actually the devil trying to get me to lose my faith. And it's like, no, 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 that was your brain telling you logic. So they they disconnect from it. And eventually, I think that that logic voice goes away because they get so used to saying, shh, stop, you know? Yeah, and I, I think, it's definitely not all people of faith. Uh, I, I kind of want to clarify this. I got into a sort of a argument discussion with a friend of mine uh, a few years ago who's like ardent atheist. Uh, just, you know, anyone who believes in any sort of religious structure is a tool and, and you're an idiot. And, you know, I can, I can understand where someone would like come to that way of thinking, but she was she was sort of yelling at me for being an agnostic and my feelings on religion are is if it makes you feel better and you're not using it to hurt anyone what's the harm you know it's something that it it just it gives you the the warm fuzzies to use the the technical terms but if you're if you're not yeah well you know this is something that makes me feel good and we really need to uh, kill or re-educate uh, anyone who doesn't believe this, uh, preferably in camps of some sort where they could, you know, provide cheap labor as well. 
this is this is where it gets problematic but if you you know if you have a religious belief that's that's cool that's fine keep it between you and your god and and we'll all be totally fine one of the things that for me you know because i and of course we all bring our own personal biases to these uh, i was raised jewish and one of the things that i've always liked about Judaism as a faith is that it encourages you to question. And the idea is that the, the act of questioning and what you learn along the way is only going to strengthen your faith. And, you know, we've got the Talmud. It's, it's a whole book of, yeah, but what about, you know, and I mean, how much more Jewish could you get? But it, that to me has always led to a certain bias against the, you know, Christian idea of blind faith. Well, that's also what it, you know, Dave, so many people, um, I, I know in Christianity, they don't read. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. If you don't know the word, then you can't hear the word. So if you're not reading and understanding that those scriptures are metaphors, and then, you know, some people take them literally, and then, but it's, metaphorical and you should have to think on that and actually study you know that i mean you've got to you know especially for if you grew i grew up southern baptist so as i got into church i went and got a commentary i went and got a concordance mm-hmm. i wanted to know that if i'm sitting up here in this church i want to make sure i know what the hell that guy's talking about <laughs> and i can and it can relate i can relate it back and then i can go look it up so i was sitting in church with a notebook you know, and I'd have write stuff down, and I'd write down the scripture. And then I'd go back and I'd look at it. You know, but I didn't just go by what my pastor told me or what the assistant pastor said. You have to know it for yourself, and that is, as they say, you going into your secret closet and um, having an understanding. That way, you know, if the, if the Jehovah's come knocking at your door, <laughs> you'll be able to spew that stuff right back at them, and they go away mm-hmm. well, because they- you know you were. Or just don't open the door. Anyway, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I always like to invite them in for a cup of coffee. And, and then when they yeah. say no, I say, well, I just don't trust people who don't drink coffee. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I agree with you. I studied the New Testament when I was in college because uh, I went to school at the University of Missouri. And there's a fringe Baptist church that has a strong presence there. And they would often have preachers on campus with their sandwich board sign saying, you know, that uh, women need to submit to their men and John Lennon is burning in hell with Adolf Hitler. And, it, you know, it was like, well, at least they believe Hitler's in hell. So there's, <laughs> there's something that we can like start to bond on. But I noticed most of the, the, let's just call them free thinkers who would try and argue with these preachers would try and use, you know, logic, or they would just spout like stupid slogans and shit. And yeah, it was, for me, it was the understanding that if you want to hit these people, you have to use their own weapon against them. So learn the new Testament. And when they misquote it or misinterpret it, you can actually come from a a place of learning and say, actually, (laughs) And this is, you know, one of the the few places where it's good to be the well actually guy. 
my my take on things. But the other thing, aside from from the whole similarity to Scientology with the oh you, the the secrets are yet to come, and when you get them, they're going to blow your mind. There's also the whole element of cancel culture. And, you know, I know we on this show certainly aren't alone in in calling the Republicans and especially the Trump administration out on this. But the whole idea that if you want to get away with something, the best way to do it is accuse your opponent of it. And, you know, we've seen Republicans, largely Republicans, but you also see a lot of the the folks on, on the ultra far left complaining about cancel culture. And if QAnon isn't like ultimate cancel culture, I don't know what it is. You know, it's it it's all about oh the the Hollywood elites, they're they're horrible. The uh, the government elites, they're they're horrible. Uh, the the Jews, horrible. And if you can sort of couch all that in in their whole save the children child sex trafficking <laughs> conspiracy, it it's not that it it helps it make sense. It just it makes it a lot more difficult to argue because anytime you call bullshit on them, they're oh well oh so you're in favor of child sex trafficking and and ultimately what they don't see, which you know really bothers me, is if you're really that concerned about saving the children, maybe focus on things that are actually happening rather than these conspiracies because like spreading a load of horse shit about what's happening with, with any, you know, human trafficking rather than actually looking at the facts and seeing what you can do to help. That's really, it's just a distraction. It's really all just a power. It's a power and control device is what it is. You know, whoever made it up is, you know, an evil genius, shall we say, and you see the same, it's a mirror image of the left, because the left has, we know, our obvious cancel culture. Plus, if you disagree with anybody, then you hate all homeless people and gays and transgender people, and you want everybody of those groups to die, right? No matter how small, if you disagree, if you're like, I don't know, I mean, I don't really think AOC is right about everything. Well, I guess you hate the trans community. Like, somehow, <laughs> it jumps over to there. <laughs> it, it's a say right and left and it's all control mechanisms by I don't know who what controlling people on the extreme ends but I guess the you know the po- politicians and groups that want more influence have really figured out how to do this and get it right and you know what they're doing it successfully I, I think I mean there was a point a couple of weeks ago where I realized that we kind of had two simultaneous revolutions going on between the left's embrace of cancel culture and the right's embrace of QAnon and other silliness. And and there's some expression, it's like all revolutions eat their own or eat their children or something. And if you study the French Revolution, it, it spins further out of control so that eventually the radicals of today become the conservatives of tomorrow. And so then they end up like... You know, Robespierre leads the reign of terror, and then he ends up getting his head cut off because he's not far out enough, right? And you know that that's the same thing with that was happening with the Trumpsters. That 
Uh, well, you don't think it was can the the that there was fraud everywhere. Then you're not a real conservative. You're not a real supporter of Donald Trump. And at the same time, on the left, you know, if you question any of the orthodoxy of of canceling things or impeachment or conviction or uh, anything along that lines, you're also not sufficiently radical. It's the, the the whole notion of purity I don't test. Think it's new is what I'm saying. I don't think. Yeah, you can't speak out against whatever trend it is, even if it is to point out some kind of a subtle thing, like, "Oh, they got this wrong." Oh, actually, you know, there might be a fact in here that's twisted. Nope, now you're evil. <laughs> and and once again, faith based movements are are the problem. People who just take it on faith yeah, and not, and it, preach the orthodoxy without looking at the facts behind it. On, on which note, I, I think one of the more interesting developments that happened this week saw the, the nutballs on the left and the nutballs on the right coming together to take down the nutballs with all the money. And I, I think, you know, that it, it's maybe not uh, the, the popular way of, of looking at the uh, Wall Street Bets GameStop revolution this week. But to to look at it as this is this is what can happen if we put aside our political differences <laughs> and figure out where the common enemy is. And for a lot of people, it's the the hedge fund managers, it's the smaller than one percenters who have all the money. And cat as as an economist, why don't why don't you sort of talk about the the whole GameStop? Sure. Okay. So let's summarize it in the tiniest, shortest way possible. And then I'll tell you my opinion. So there's the hedge fund guys. And what they've been doing is they've been short selling, which basically means they're taking, they're, they're making bets that they were making bets that the GameStop stocks were going to drop further. And they they find a way to make money off of the fact that they're going to drop further, right? Through these things where it's like they promise that, okay, in X number of days or whatever, they're going to buy back the stock. And they're thinking, okay, when I buy it back, it's going to be cheaper. Well, <laughs> what the people on GameStop, so GameStop itself, sorry, I'm like going back and forth. It's so complicated. So GameStop itself got a uh, new leadership and had potential. So some people were like, oh, we're going to invest in this, except for the hedge fund guys kept on doing their short sell thing and it was keeping the stock low. And the the ordinary people who thought it had potential were getting frustrated. So they banded together on Reddit and they said, you know what, let's all buy the GameStop stop at, together at the same time. And they did it. And it shot up. And then Elon Musk noticed it. And then a bunch of really rich people noticed it. And it got tw- it went viral. And then a bunch of people bought the GameStop stock. And now it went from like $4 all the way up to like 300 and something. And then at that point, the trading apps for like little guys like Robinhood couldn't keep up with the fees because there's trading fees that they have to clear for the trades to go through that for those apps, they had lowered them and taken on some of those fees so that ordinary people could trade more, right? But that left them on the hook for trading those. So they had to stop the app from trading all that because there was so so high of a volume. Well, then all the little people 
are like, fuck Robin Hood. They're trying to shut us out of trading. Wow, the system is rigged. Actually, it wasn't. They were legitimately trying to save their business. (laughs) And long story short, the hedge fund guys, because the price went up so much instead of going down, ended up losing billions of dollars. And a few of those hedge funds are now like kaput. They're done. Um, So that is what happened. Now I'll tell you what happened to me. (laughs) I didn't touch it. Why? Because the people doing the short sales are just the hedge fund traders. It's not the people who own the money, right? The people who own the money are folks who maybe made some money because they like have a business or were successful, worked their way up in life and have some cash, right? They put it in a hedge fund because someone said this is a good idea, right? So all these little guys actually just hurt other American citizens, not the Wall Street traders who will just find another job on Wall Street. Right. I um, mean, that's my well, biggest problem with it. <laughs> and if a hedge fund f- fails, won't it also take some of my 401k in it? And Potentially, yes. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was I wondering about. Me too. Also <laughs> pensions. And you know who has pensions? Pens- Union members. Pe- Union members. That's people on the left, you guys. That's firefighters. It's crew for... It's tie. It's tie. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people in unions, nice working blue collar people in unions who have pensions. So actually it's hurting a lot of Americans. And so I pointed this out on Twitter and some Twitter tankies, lefties, basically came out like they got mad at me and were like, you love the Koch brothers. (laughs) Um, You are evil for supporting institutional wealth and they like really try to shove the knife in deep making me feel like a really bad person for saying anything at all even though i was just saying like this is gonna hurt grandma and grandpa yeah (laughs) these are these are your grandparents and my sister got mad at me too she's not talking to me she's not returning my texts because i said something about gamestop and then she posted my text to her Instagram stories and said that I'm her conservative family member. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, but I've been vindicated because Elizabeth Warren agreed with me on everything I said. So, the end. <laughs> Bravo. Although, I, I'm certainly not taking issue uh, with what you said, but I, like, just out of my own ignorance, questioning the idea that the system wasn't already rigged, you know, which cat you were saying, you know, well, people saw the, the apps and, you know, small timers who were shutting down sales as benefiting the big guys as, so they extrapolated that into proof that the system is rigged. And, you know, I, I'm certainly not going to get into a whole, let's blame the press kind of thing. But so many issues that we talk about in terms of the economy and politics at large are largely framed the way they are because of the way the media reports on them. And a lot of that like goes back to the source. You know, it's the Republicans aren't going to put something out that doesn't already have their spin on it. And so they're depending on the media to repeat the lie and frame the conversation in the way that they want to frame it so that it's beneficial to talk about the, the part of the issues that they want to focus on so they can sway the most opinion. And 
I, I was listening to uh, Left, Right, and Center on KCRW this week. I listened to that. And Josh Barrow, uh, the host, was saying, you know, so what are we are we proposing that, you know, we, we need laws to keep people from making stupid mistakes in terms of investing? And I really, I, I mean, you know, I got upset, but it wasn't like I was throwing things around the house or anything. But I, I think that is part of the problem of, of framing the discussion in, do we need to make more laws when I think this is more of a, no, we just need to apply them equally across the board. If the little guys can't keep trading, there have to be, you know, measures put in place to keep everyone from trading. You know, it sure. it seems like so. I'm not saying the system is rigged, but the way it's applied. So can they easily... applied the the stop on the trading specifically to I believe I believe specifically to those couple of stocks that were part of this whole. Thing. Yeah, it was like GameStop, right. AMC theaters. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to dive into that because I don't know the internal workings of that, but I will say that the rhetoric of the system is rigged and was rigged is really overblown. Yes, people with money will always have an advantage in making more money because that's how exponents work, right? <laughs> um, what? Math? <laughs> what? Yes. And, you know, so that's the case. But the thing is, nobody's entitled to be a multi-cajillionaire. And, and so there's that. But there's also that... Well, we all can actually invest and get our little piece of the stock market if we can get a 401k, if we can get a pension or, you know, save up a little and put that in. That's that's not easy for everybody. Not everybody's in that position. However, I will point out that the median income in California, for example, is uh, for a household in California is above 90,000. So the the world isn't falling apart as much as some people would have you think. The system is not as broken as some people would have you think. And our fates are all very much tied together. So, you know, you do things to hurt the hedge fund guys because you want to screw them over. You're also going to screw over a lot of other people who have their money tied up in this system. So is it a little rigged? Yeah. But are we all benefiting from it as it is? Also, yes, right? So it's complicated, isn't it? Which people don't want to hear because they want to hear the black and white story that's easy to understand, easy to digest, and they want to be able to point to a villain. So that's my take on it On it being pretty rigged. Well, and um, I think it's, this also plays yeah. into the whole idea of, you know, Republicans doing everything they can to prove the old Ronald Reagan adage uh, about the scariest words you can hear right, you know, that Ronald Reagan said the, the scariest thing you can hear is I'm from the federal government and I'm here to help. help. So let's make sure that that holds true by getting into positions in, in the federal government where we absolutely stymie everything. <laughs> and I mean, right. it's, you exactly. know, that was Steve Bannon's whole, you know, raison d'etre right. is, yeah, is to, to tear down the system from within. Right. You mentioned applying the law equally to the little guy and the big guy. Well, 
the big guys aren't allowed to actually do market manipulation. There's rules against that. That's why there's rules against insider trading. They multiple. So within a hedge fund, they're one company. They can all say, okay, we are going to do this as a hedge fund. But the hedge funds can't get together with other hedge funds and plan things. So no right? collusion? No, no <laughs> collusion is allowed. And so if we're going to apply the law equally, well, that also means no collusion among all the little guys to team up and sway things. Does that mean, oh, it makes it harder for me as an individual investor? Yes, but it's also hard for me as an individual person to be a pharmacy corporation. Like I, I can't go and, and make vaccines tomorrow, but you don't see me complaining. And so there, there are going to be advantages for companies because they're a group of people with capital and can get good at something. Um, so and that's wait, what the are, hedge funds are. Are you suggesting that there's, there is strength in numbers? And if you agree to join with a larger group for the benefits, then you also have to accept the consequences of being part of a group. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wow. bought maybe $50. So I'm going to buy a yacht. On Tuesday. <laughs> right on. Well, if, if I can uh, finagle a boat ride from you once, once the, the oh, spread no, of the virus I'm is going to be hanging out with other yacht people. So, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, you better sell soon. I know everybody's saying hold the line, but um, I also said this very controversial, apparently, thing, which is that if we allow market manipulation like what happened on Wall Street Bets, uh, it might have been fine and benign this time, but in the future, you're going to have a Bernie Madoff or a Vladimir Putin who is going to go on there with his fake accounts and target masses of people against something else. And it might not be so benign the next time. So that's why I am all for regulating these things, but uh, don't tell Twitter because they don't understand things. <laughs> yeah. You they can't, don't get logic. You, you're, you're a Koch <laughs> brothers loving conservative. How can you, how can you support regulation of any kind? How am I talking right now with the <laughs> Koch brothers dick in my mouth? <laughs> Well, I mean, as a woman, it's, you know, I don't know why you're even allowed to speak in this country anymore. America. Um, well, I, I do want to end on a, a somewhat happy note because we are we're getting close to the end of our time. And one thing that I, I think sort of brings in a lot of what we've been talking about today is the upcoming impeachment trial. And it seems like we're, we're already seeing the, the group think on the right that Donald Trump as, as a Republican is incapable of wrongdoing. And even if he did do something wrong, you know, the, the Congress is powerless to, to sanction him for this wrongdoing. After all, we, we are not a, a system of laws and they are, they are not a, a deliberative body, uh, that is, that is known for, um, legislating. So I'm, I am somewhat optimistic. I, I think if, you know, I'm, I'm still guessing that we are not going to get a conviction in the Senate, but I, I do see the value in an impeachment trial being that it is going to make 
the fact much harder for the Republicans to deny. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be interesting if he's he has to testify. I don't think there's that's on the docket where he would have to testify and then he could just get stuck at a perjury trap because he doesn't think second to second, right? I think that I, I don't... I've always felt that whatever repercussions will come to him is going to come from one of the many investigations into him, even though they just dropped the emoluments cases because he's not in office anymore. But someone else said that, like, if you violate emoluments for other jobs, you, it can still come back to get you after you leave that job. Well, and I'm I'm honestly waiting for the first lawyer whose client is accused of murder to use that Supreme Court logic to suggest that their client cannot be charged because the alleged victim is no longer alive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, honestly, it, it's one of those things where I know it's not going to stand up in court. Any lawyer worth their salt knows it's not going to stand up in court, but it is going to focus on the precedent set by the Supreme Court. And maybe affect change in that way. So all we need is uh, someone who very clearly murdered someone to agree to bad legal representation to make a point. <laughs> so if you're if you're going to murder someone, give us a call. We'll find a lawyer for you. We're not going to pay for him, but I I would be happy to help in that because that is something that I would love to see actually put into practice well, well you know mccarthy actually went down to talk to the trumpster yep. and meet with him yeah yeah and uh, marjorie taylor green apparently had a really good call with donald trump although with her you know it, it could have been like a, a mickey mouse phone and they just told her it was trump trump right which is something doing doing your impression <laughs> Why does he sound like Goofy? Just go with it. It's it's the humidity in Florida makes him sound a little weird. I I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to the impeachment. I I think this one, while still not slated for a clear victory, does stand a better chance at positive results I don't, under. I don't have that faith. I I I, I don't see them being able to stick it to him because he said to go peacefully right and then once you expand it and get into a broader discussion over undermining the election and fomenting then you're just re-legislating re, re, re or re-fighting re the election battles over like the, the proof of fraud and, and I, I don't see but I think this is one of the reasons that there are so many Republicans in the Senate that are trying to edge away from, from the impeachment trial is because if you can prove that, that Trump was responsible for the attack on the Capitol I don't think through his, that. well, this is, this is what I'm saying though, is that if you can prove that he bears the responsibility or some of it, then why wouldn't that responsibility also fall on the folks like Holly and Cruz and, and Taylor green and all of these other Republicans in the Senate and the house who knowingly lied about the, the fraudulent nature of the election. I don't think they'll be able to get anyone on knowingly lying because January 5th, everyone accepted that as a, I mean, 
fine. Well, see, that's the thing. It's the begrudging acceptance without admitting the fact. You know, you you get a lot of Republicans who, as of January 5th, would finally be willing to say that, well, Joe Biden is the president, but they still would refuse to say that there was no fraud or that the election wasn't stolen. We're going to get back into that, into that um, quagmire and, and I don't think like, if you listen to Trump on that phone call, uh, the one to the secretary of state, he was, he believed he's like, See, but did he really believe or was he just saying it to try and get them to believe? It sounded to me like he believed and was being like, what about this? You know, uh, what about this thing that they, they're saying? They're saying this. They're they're saying this. Right. He, he didn't. He was just going on what he had been told or what he had watched on Fox News or now OAN or Newsmax. So he believed there was fraud. And on January 5th, believing there was fraud was acceptable. And now on January 6th, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think they'll get this to stick. Well, thanks. Thanks for that boost of confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Kat, what do you think? I think it's probably not going to go through. It's really wishful thinking, but the past year I've gotten used to being disappointed and we're probably all going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. After Rand Paul got up there and they did that vote, you know, and how they've all turned around and, you know, uh, McCarthy's done a complete backflip from what he said, you know, that Trump should bear, you know, responsibility and he should have did this. Now you go down and you pat him on, you know, you kiss the ring and, you know, go back. All is well, all is well, nothing to see here, you know. And so, no, I just, I think probably the best thing's going to come out of this is that, one, they'll go ahead and try to impeach him. But Joe is going to get that $1.9 trillion done. Yeah. You know, you've talked a lot on the show, Timon, about uh, about the, the problem with Obama when he came in going, not going for broke. You know, no pun intended. Right. But accepting less money than was actually needed. And yeah, you know, I think, I think Biden has learned from that. And I, I think they are going to get the... If not the full relief package, as as close to it as they can. Well, they have the reconciliation clause now. They got it for two. They got it. They didn't do it in twenty. Yeah, and there's no Republican budget. So that's why they said they can go it alone. They don't need them. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, this works out and doesn't come back to to bite us in the ass. But it's part of the fun and adventure of being an American. Is is. Wait and see. All the economists are yelling, (laughs) uh, even uh, uh, yelling who they just put in, told them, you got to go big. We're screwed right now. Quit worrying about it. You didn't care about that when you gave, when Trump cut taxes for the rich, you know, and everybody bought it. Ooh, look at my tax. No, you're not getting more money. Yeah. It's not going to help you. Just do your taxes this year and you'll see. (laughs) It was, it was just a deferment. Yeah. Ah, boy. All right. Well, on that happy note, I think uh, we should call it a week. But I want to thank you guys for being here with me today. David Rosie Rosenberg, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Um, I'm uh, I'm helping my six-year-old's first grade class learn to read every other Monday. So I got I got that coming up, and um, otherwise I'm, I'm I'm making bread. 
Nice. I'm making limoncello. Ooh, lovely. And uh, sometimes I think about comedy a little, and I get a queasy feeling, and then I uh, just put it off for a while because you know it's not going to start until July. <laughs> good, good point. Good call. Well, thank you. But I'm still on. I'm still on Instagram and Twitter at at Rosie Pigs. Right on. Well, thank you for being here with us today, and uh, folks, check out Rosie Pigs on the Twitter and the Instagram. Thank you so much. Kat Alvarado, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, so every Tuesday I've been doing this Zoom show. Uh, It was based on a real show called The Dime on Fairfax, but the guy who runs it has been doing it via Zoom, and I have been on it every single week since the beginning of the pandemic, trying out new material. It's actually pretty fun. So if you're interested, follow me on Instagram at the Cat Alvarado, C-A-T-A-L-V-A-R-A-D-O, and you'll see when I post that I'm on it. And just message me, and I will send you a link so that you can join the show. And if you want to hear me in real time freak out about politics, <laughs> you can also follow me, same handle, at the Cat Alvarado on Twitter. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you for being with us here today. Always great to have you. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. And in the throes of COVID, no less. Thank you for being here today. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or obviously not in person for the next 10 days anyway, but yeah. uh, where, well, where can they catch up with you? I'll be enjoying those 10 days of just chilling <laughs> as long as we, that there are still no symptoms and kicking back. I can use these 10 days off. It can be uh, and catch me at um, where can you catch Facebook time and ship at Facebook time and ship at Instagram Time and sip at Twitter, as well as you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com or my CD, Universal Brother, on CD Baby or iTunes or Spotify. Right on. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook, all spelled out, Dr. David Robinson, actually abbreviated, then all spelled out. Uh, dr.david.robinson. On the Twitter, I am at stand up fall down and if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials all spelled out let's be treasonable on facebook and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you listen, even on the platforms where you don't. That'd be awful cool. If you didn't like what you heard, not sure why you're still listening, but thanks for sticking around. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We are going to take that happiness and run with it. And we will be back with more next week. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye.